Amen, amen. Round of applause for the praise and worship team. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Great to see you out here on a Sunday night. We're going to go straight to the Word of God this evening. Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. The epistle to the Galatian church. Chapter 5. You know, we're going to start a series about talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Um, there's nine of them. If you're in my household, you should know them by, by memory now. If I was to get my daughter to come up here on the spot and tell you, she should be able to tell you, but I won't do that. God bless you, Naomi, maybe one day. But we're going to talk about the fruits of the Holy Spirit uh, and what that actually means uh, in our lives. So we're going to kick straight into it with the scripture. Galatians chapter 5. Let me read from verse number 19. Follow along with me as we read Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, <clears throat> sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Just in case that list wasn't long enough for you, Paul said, and anything that's like that as well, throw it into the mix. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Similar scripture to, to 1 Corinthians 6 where he says, do not be deceived. And he goes through a list and says, these people won't inherit the kingdom of God. And we have to say that because people are deceived. Um, I've heard some horror stories of people who call themselves Christians um, who practice these things. And Paul is saying, don't be deceived. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not my words. It's the Apostle Paul. Let's carry on. Verse number 22, the Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit... Ah, is love, joy, peace, patience or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. The fruits of the Spirit. You see, we, we see right here in this verse or this uh, passage of Scripture, we see the split of mankind. And we've spoken about this many times, that there is that split uh, where we have the flesh and we have the Spirit. And we understand that these two, they coincide with war. They fight with each other. They battle against each other. The flesh wants to go this way. The Spirit wants to go that way. And here we see uh, uh, Paul is describing the works of both of those. And look at Romans 7 and verse number 22 to verse number 23. I'm reading out the New Living Translation for this verse. It says, I love God's law with all my heart. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. How many agree with that? Come on now. Sometimes you're there at home and there's, there's a battle going on in your mind. There's a struggle going on because you want to do what's right. But sometimes you're dragged to do what's wrong. Sometimes there's something inside of you that burns you to do something that is wrong. I believe it was the fool, I mean, sorry, the artist, R. Kelly, that said, um, <laughs> sorry, slip of the tongue, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe it was him that said, my mind's telling me no. 
Some of you might not be old enough to know what I'm talking about. He said, my mind is telling me no, but my body is telling me yes. And look where that got him. Can you say amen in this place? <laughs> look where that got him. Huh? Because that's it. He's describing it here. He said, my mind, my spirit is saying, no, that is wrong. His conscience saying, what you're doing is wrong. Don't go and do that. Don't go and touch that girl. Don't listen, that is wrong. But his body, his flesh is saying, go ahead. And that's the battle that we all face. That's the battle that we all have. We have a flesh and we have a spirit. And here the Bible is saying, listen, the works are evident. The works of the flesh are evident. And there's a long list of things in there. And he concludes the list with saying, and the like. So it's not just alone with this list. It's longer than that. He's saying that's the works. And what are works? Works are something that is employed or it shows the function or it is a product of. So the product of the flesh is all of these things. The job of the flesh is to satisfy all of these things. That's why it says the works of the flesh are evident. But it says the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And it goes through and lists the nine fruits of the Spirit. But what is fruit? Apart from nice, juicy things we can eat. What is fruit? Really, fruit is identification. That's what it is. Fruit is like an ID card. I can only tell a tree is an apple tree when I look at the leaves and I see apples growing. And when I see the fruit, I can identify that tree as an apple tree. So fruit is identification. And what he's saying is uh, the things that he listed here, when he says the fruit of the Spirit, these are the things that will identify the Holy Spirit in work in you. So if you display these things, if people can see these things displayed inside of you or, and it comes out of you, um, that is an ID to say, yep, that's the spirit working within you. And therefore that means if you do not display these things, if you do not have these fruit, the spirit is not at work within you. Plain and simple. Look at Matthew 7, verse number 16. The Bible says, Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes? Of figs from thistles. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear uh, good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And listen to verse number 20. The Bible says, Therefore, by their fruits uh, you will know them. Jesus said, It is by your fruits you will be identified. People will be able to tell what kind of man or what kind of woman you are by the fruits you produce, by the fruit of your lips. Come on now. By the fruit of your heart, by how you live your life, by how you conduct yourself, people will be able to identify you as someone that works in the flesh or someone that is led by the Spirit. Acts 4 and verse number 13, the Bible says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, this is after Jesus has gone up, the, the day of Pentecost has come, and Peter and John has preached with, with, with such fire. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they had perceived uh, that they were un- uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. And I love this. It says, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. In other words, they looked at their life. They looked at how they conducted themselves. And they said, we've seen this before. 
They looked at how they walked, how they spoke, how they intermingled with people. And they said, listen, you must have been with Jesus because the fruits that you're displaying right now are fruits that he displayed. The things that you're saying is the things we heard him say. It's saying you must have been with Jesus. Can people look at your life and say you have been with Jesus? Or do people look at your life and say, hey, who you been hanging out with? What demon have you been hanging out with? Come on now. When they looked at Peter and John, they said, you must have been with Jesus. They realized that you had been with Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the fruits of the Spirit. And for the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus in and home in on the nine fruits of the Spirit. So tonight's session is the first as we deal with the first one. And it's the first one which is listed, which is, shout it out now, what's the first one? Love. Love. All right now. Love. Come on now. Now, love is one of those topics Love is one of those topics that many people know about. There's been books on love, dramas about love, movies on love, millions of songs on love. People know, quote unquote, know about love or they know what love is. There's many different titles, song titles with the word love. Even if I speak, you're probably thinking of a song that has love in it and you're thinking about that song or the artist. Hopefully they're talking about Jesus and not talking about some guy or girl. Amen. But there's people that actually exploit love also. People think they know uh, uh, what love is and they use this to exploit. Sometimes you just say the word, I love you, and you can have uh, uh, someone do anything that you want them to do. They use it like a manipulation tool. I love you. And then all of a sudden you're putty in their hands. Oh, he said he loved me. They say that word because you think this is what I this is I know what it is. I know what it means. That's why I'm going to use it. But people exploit it to all sorts of things. They say it just to get what they want, and it becomes a selfish thing. It becomes all about themselves. But how many know true love isn't about self? Can you say amen? Picked up a letter. Um, it was somebody that broke up. They was they was engaged, and she wanted to write him a letter. And this is the letter. It says, Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I've felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. One more time. I love you. And it says, Yours forever, Marie. Then it says, P.S. Congratulations on winning the lottery. <laughs> come on now <laughs> you know what she's going for come on now hey do you love jimmy or do you love them pound signs come on because that's it listen how many know sometimes love is is used and used in a way just to seek your own just to get something that you want and it becomes all about self we need to understand what love is especially one of the fruits of the spirit we need to understand that unpack that so we can ask God to fill us afresh with that spirit so when people see us they'll see that fruit of love and we all know, all you Bible scholars know that in Greek, they have four different words for the one English word that we have love. Come on now. First one we have is, is eros. And it's a romantic love, like a love between a man and his wife. Amen. And vice versa. That's the kind of love that has passion in it. 
Uh, but this one is not found in the New Testament. The word is not found in the New Testament at all. But that's eros. That's another word they have. We have a phileo or phileo. And there's a love found in strong friendships. Brother to brother, sister to sister. Strong friendships. You say, yeah, I, I love you. I, you know, that's the kind of love we're talking about. Um, we have another one called storge. This one's an affectionate love, usually to do with family members, um, like a, a, a parent to their child or, or siblings. Um, it's an affectionate love that you have to your own, to your family members. It's one that you should ex- uh, display in families. But the word that's actually used in the Greek that we read from our scripture is agape. Come on now. There's a wise man that sung a song, sung, sung, sung a song called This Kind of Love. <laughs> Uh, yeah, amen. It was a fancy. If you've never heard this song before, listen, we'll try and put it out there. It was a great man of God. Uh, I don't know if he's going to release an album or anything like that. Amen. <laughs> but he said this kind of love. <laughs> he says this kind of love. And this is the kind of love I want to talk about, agape. And this is Christ-like love. And it's Christ-like love because um, if you look at the word or or the ancient Greek, um, literally the word is almost non-existent in the Old Testament and really appeared only in the New Testament. When Christ came and started to command people to love, he used this Greek word, agape, and it is a Christ-like love. And it's a love that is not a matter of feeling, but it's a matter of will. And that means that you don't have to feel all the fluffy stuff about love in order to love. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the fluffy type of love. Listen, come on now. The honeymoon period when me and my wife got married, that fluffy stuff was amazing. But for those of you that are not married or you know you're married of just less than a year, that fluffy stuff will end. Then it will shift over to a matter of will. <laughs> I will love you. Come on now. <laughs> I will love you. Regardless that you just said what you just said, I will love you. Regardless you squeeze the toothpaste in the middle of the tube, I will love you. I always say that. I've said that about 100 times already this year. But I will love her. So it moves from the, 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 the nice stuff and it looks good and stuff. Agape is a matter of will. In other words, it doesn't matter how you treat me, I'm going to love you. And see, that kind of love is foreign to humankind. That kind of love doesn't come naturally. That kind of love is a Christ-like love. And that's what we want to explore today because that's the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it is one of the greatest commandments. Look, look, look at Matthew 22, verse number 36, verse number 40. The Bible says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord with your God, with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all of the law of the prophets. In other words, if you can genuinely love someone with this type of love, you put a tick in all boxes of the law. You satisfy the entire law if you're able to love with this type of love. It settles It settles the entire law. And if you look at the law throughout the Bible, there's so many things, so many do's and don'ts. But if you can love people like this... Jesus says it satisfies the whole law. Here's a quote. It is natural to love them that love us, but it's supernatural to love them that hate us. Because like I said, it's not natural to uh, display this type of love. 
It's not natural to want to love somebody so much that they could be cursing you and you're loving them. They could be speaking bad about you and you love them. They could be ripping you off, doing you wrong, but you love them. That's a supernatural type of love and that can't consist in us. That's why the Holy Spirit needs to come inside of us that we're able to love with that type of love because if not for the Holy Spirit, listen, I can't love you like that. If not for the Holy Spirit, I can't love you like that. It's not in me. But when the Spirit comes to dwell inside of me, it becomes to uh, live and dwell, take its dwelling in me, then I can bear fruit of the Spirit. And one of those uh, is agape love. And I want to quickly tell a story I've told her uh, once before, but it, it fits it. And it's so, such a blessing that um, uh, the testimony of Nikki Cruz and David Wilkerson. I mean, it's, it's, if you've not watched any testimonies or watched The Cross and the Switchblade, do that. That's your homework assignment. The Cross and the Switchblade or, 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 te- or testimony from Nikki Cruz and, and see uh, what I'm talking about. But here we have David Wilkerson. It's a, is a, is a preacher, a young preacher, um, a, a farm boy preacher. He, he, um, he decides to sell his TV because he was watching too much TV. He says, I'm going to sell that TV and use that time to pray. And that's what he did. Praise God. That's wisdom right there. And he prayed um, and he was praying and praying. And God told him, I want you to go to New York. He's never been to that type of city before. Big city is a small town, country bumpkin kind of guy. And he goes, he gets up, obeys God and goes to New York. And this is the time where, you know, there's gang members of New York. Now, I sent a picture. I don't know if you guys got the picture at the back there of David Wilkerson, the first one holding his Bible. A young, unassuming man. Look at that man. Slim. They used to say he was so skinny, like he had spaghetti arms. That's what he used to say. But this man, he went to New York, um, and he went in the midst of all the gang culture and so on. He went there because he was obeying God. He would get in the face of gang members, and he will tell them about themselves. And it was so successful. Uh, uh, the next picture there, you see that um, people would come up to him, and they're swapping their, their weapons for Bibles. Come on now. But the reason I say that is because um, the, the, the guy on the left there who's picking up or swapping his bat for a Bible, his name is Nicky Cruz. And Nicky Cruz, to put it into context, his father was a satanic priest and his mother was a witch. I mean, <laughs> what kind of mixed family is that? Come on, what kind of hope have you got? Your father's satanic priest, your mother's a witch. That's the life he lived. Amen, you can, you can take that off now. That's the life he lived. That's the life he was brought up in. And they used to abuse him. They used to put him in cages full of pigeons. And the pigeons all scratch him up and stuff like that. But that was the life. So he grew up in this. He grew up just hating. He grew up, his heart was a stone. So as he was running the streets of New York, he got into gang life seriously. Taking people's life meant nothing to him. Drug dealing, prostitutes, all just violent crimes. And David Wilkerson came to speak to this type of man. And as he was preaching, David Wilkerson was preaching on the street one day. He was telling about the love of Jesus Christ. Nicky Cruz rolled up and started shouting, saying, shut up. You don't know about God. There is no God. We are the gods in this place. Just angry. David Wilkerson continued to preach. He grabbed him, slapped him, beat him, spat him in his face and said all sorts of, of, of curse words to him. David Wilkerson said, listen, you can cut me up into a thousand pieces and throw me on the sidewalk. And each piece will still say, Jesus loves you. (laughs) Now imagine that slim guy saying that to a bunch of gang members. 
Imagine what that did. And if you read or if you, you read his book or you see some interviews, in his own words, he said, when David Wilkinson said that, it did damage to my brain. That's what he said. He says, in my heart, I began to question for two weeks. He said he couldn't think of anything else apart from love. He said he couldn't think of anything else apart from the love of Christ. What would drive David Wilkerson to go and stand in front of a gang member like that? Um, it is the supernatural love that the Holy Spirit uh, bore out of him. Can you say amen in this place? Um, and that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's what can happen um, when you allow the Holy Spirit to come in you. That type of love uh, would come and it can change and transform lives. You see, that love hit harder than a punch. Amen. That love cut deeper than a knife. Come on. He's used to violence, but he was subdued by the love of God. The weapon of choice that David Wilkerson used to battle gang members wasn't guns, wasn't knives, wasn't bats. It was love. And it's that type of love that will change the world. Listen to a quote from C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. It says, do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. He says, just act as if you did. As soon as you do this, we'll find one of the greatest secrets. When you're behaving as if you love someone, you will actually come to love him. If you injure someone you dislike, you'll find you dislike him more. But if you do him good, you'll find your dislike for him reduce. So if we just act like we love people, you'll find actually, actually you will end up loving them. Love is powerful that it can change people's hearts. It can change people's minds. It can change situations. Listen, there was a, a counselor, uh, a wise counselor who was met by a, a young woman who said, I've had enough. I've had enough of my husband. I'm going to divorce him. I've had enough. I can't do anything else. And he says, listen, wait, before you do that, just do one thing. She says, no, 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 I don't want to do one thing. I want to get him back. I want to get him back so much. I want to make sure he hurts when I divorce him. And he's like, oh, you want to hurt him? Okay, do this and this will hurt him. He said, go back home. And when you go back home, love him. Make his coffee. Do things to him. Speak to him. Spend time with him. Love him like you've never loved him before for two full weeks. And as you love him and he gets to love you back, then you just drop the bomb saying, I'm divorced. Then it'd be really, really hurt. And he says, I'll wait to hear back from you in two weeks. Two weeks passed, didn't hear back. Three weeks passed, didn't hear, hear back. Four weeks passed, didn't hear back. And he rang, he says, okay, weren't you meant to come back two weeks later? Are you ready for the divorce now? She's like, absolutely not. I fell in love with him again. <laughs> you see, because when you display love, you put that love out there. Bible says, whatever it is you give, you will receive. That wasn't just about money. That's about everything. You give love, you will receive that. And I want to speak to you about love being an identification for us. In John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus says, a new, covenant, a new commandment, sorry, I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus is saying, if you love one another, people will look at you and say, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. People will see how you conduct yourself and say, you must have been with Jesus Christ. 
People will look how you handle situations and say, how do you do that? And you can come in and say, it's the love of Christ that's within me that makes me do this. And they'll be won over simply because they're watching you function. They're watching you love when you shouldn't really love. They're watching you dish out this powerful tool when really you should dish out with revenge. They're seeing you put that aside and deal with love. They're saying people will look at you and say, you must belong to Jesus Christ. Love should drive us to do everything we do. Love should drive everything we say. Love should drive us. And if we don't have love, whatever we say and do is a waste of time. We know this familiar scripture in the the chapter of love, we call it. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. The Bible says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burnt but have not love, it profits me nothing. We need to season everything with love. And I say this, and we're going to look at these for the next couple of weeks, the study of the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit, because as I said in the beginning, this is an identification that the Spirit is at work within you. This is how we know you have the Holy Spirit. If you say, I have the Holy Spirit, I should be able to come to your tree and pull off some love. Come on now. I should be able to come to your tree and pull off joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If I can't find any of those fruit on your life or in your life, then I'm sorry the Holy Spirit is not at work within you. That's harsh to to say, but it's true. Because Jesus said you will know them by their fruit. All you've got to do to know that somebody is filled with Christ is take a look at their life. That's all you've got to do. It's simple. And that's why I have a problem with, you know, major TV evangelists and stuff like that and people all around the world. There's some of them okay, but, you know, I, I like to have personal contact with, you know, if, if I have a pastor, I, my pastor, I have personal contact with him. I can see his life. I can see the fruit of his life. And when it's hi- hidden behind, like, cameras, you don't really see anything else. You don't really see the fruit. You don't really see the, you just see the razzmatazz. You see the, 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 the bling bling. But you don't see the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. And then you can realize, oh, hold on a second. There's no Holy Spirit at work in you here. Where's the love? Where's the love? And love is one of those things that, like I said, on our own, our own strength, our natural ability is to repay people. Our natural ability or natural what's in us is to get revenge. Lash out. Throw it out there. But if the Spirit of God lives inside of you, you are now controlled by the Spirit. If you are led by the Spirit, you're controlled by the Spirit and you deny the things of the flesh. You should experience or you should produce the fruit. And I say that because if we don't produce the fruit, then our prayer should be, Lord, come, fill me with your Spirit. Our prayer should be, Lord, come, dwell inside of me. Come, love through me. Come and show the world your light through me, that when people see you, they glorify him in heaven. Can you say amen in this place to that? 
The fruits of the Spirit, we've got a few to look through these next couple of weeks, but it's a blessing. Some of them will be shorter than others, some will be longer than others. But I wanted to kick off with this one, love, because it is our identification. That's what Jesus said when, he, when, when people see us, people will know we belong to him because of the love. Let's work, let's walk in the Spirit, let's display the fruits of the Spirit and give God praise in this place. Can you say amen in this place? Amen. God is good. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. The fruit of the Spirit. Love. Like I said at the beginning, many people, quote unquote, know what love is. There's many songs, movies, books, films, everything about love. But the agape love, the Christ-like love, can only come from the Spirit of God. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a product of the Holy Spirit. It is a result of being indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And if we don't have or we don't display this, then we can't identify ourselves with Christ. We can't. Because he said what, I, what identifies my ID card, my calling card, is agape love. And this is not something we can drum up ourselves and try and just try and fight it ourselves. No, no, no. We need to allow the spirit to come inside of us and love through us. So if you're here under the sound of my voice and you can't comprehend that type of love, you may think, oh, I've done so much wrong. How could God love me? You don't know my past. You don't know the things I've been involved in, the things I've seen. There's blood on my hands. How can God love me? Well, you, you need to understand that this love goes beyond what you've done. Bible says that yet whilst we were still sinners in our mess, that Christ came down and died for us. He says, I love you so much. The wages of sin, the death that's come into your life. Listen, I love you so much. I'm going to pay the penalty for sin so that you don't have to. Bible says all you've got to do is believe in your heart that he is Lord. And confess with the mouth that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. That whatever it is you've done, even if it was last night, Jesus Christ can wash away your sins and give you a brand new start. And you can be filled with his spirit. And the love that he's shown you, you can begin to show other people. So maybe you're here under the sound of my voice and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never experienced his type of love. Well, I want that to be your experience tonight. I want you to experience the love like no other love. No boyfriend, girlfriend, no wife, no husband can give you this type of love. This type of love is Christ's love. Where he would... uh, Make you a new creation. You'll be brand new. The old you can pass away and you can be brand new. And what that means is when you die, because we're all heading to that 
that time when we die, that appointment, when you die, you can stand before God and God no longer sees the sins, the wrongs that you've done. God sees the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, all over you. God sees that you are a new creation, that you've been washed, and you could make heaven your home. Only if you accept Jesus Christ in your life. So if you want that, if you want to accept Jesus Christ in your life, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, what I want you to do is raise your hand, put your hand up as a sign to me, put that hand up. You want to accept Jesus Christ. Amen. I see that hand. God bless you. If there's more in this place, God is speaking to you. You want to accept Christ in your life that when you die, you'll be a new creation, born again. Born of the water once, yes, but now we need to be born of the Spirit to enter into heaven. That's you. Put that hand up. You want Christ to be your Lord and personal Savior in this place. Amen. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you used to know Christ. Maybe you used to have a relationship, but along the way, you've been pulled away, been distracted. Uh, along the way, you're living for yourself now. Listen, today's the day to come back to Christ and rededicate your life to Christ because the Bible says that life is like a vapor. One day is here and then tomorrow is gone. Nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. We make plans for the future, saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. That's an assumption. Who knows you're going to make it there? So really, today is the day of salvation. If that's you, you want to come back home, raise that hand. Put that hand up. God loves you. God loves you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I see the hand. God bless you. Come on now. God loves you. Hands are going up here. Listen, don't worry who's watching you or who's not watching you. Amen. God is speaking to you. Knocking on the door of your heart. Amen. God bless you. So every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. Just those who raise their hands. If you look up at me, look up at me. Amen. You, mean, you believe that? You mean that? I believe you did. Amen. You mean that? God bless you. I believe you did. I want you to do one more thing for me. Just come. Come to the front. I'm going to get a sister. If I can ask two sisters from the church, please, to come pray. My sister Shakira. Amen. And Naomi. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. God bless you. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray. Ask God to come into your life. Amen. If there's more, come. If there's more, come. Speaking to Christians in this place, the fruit of the Spirit. If you say that the Spirit is in you, you have the Spirit of God in you, all you've got to do is look at Galatians 5 and 22 and see the fruit of the Spirit. Point it out. Do these th are these things displayed in your life? Do you have these things? If you don't, listen, you need to ask for an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You need to ask that the Holy Spirit would come and live inside of you. That you can have or you can display this fruit. That when people see you, they'll see something different. When they see you, they won't just see a normal man or woman just the same as everybody else. They'll see something special about you. They'll see something different about you. They'll see something elevated about you. Because the Holy Spirit is within you. And when they come to talk to you, converse, and 
they're struck, they uh, confirm that yes, there is something different about you. That's the Spirit of God. If you don't have that, listen, we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will fill us afresh and fill us anew. So right now, let's make some decisions. Listen, these altars are open. If you come, find a place to pray. Let's come, let's pray. Let's find a place to say, God, I need you to fill me afresh. I need you to fill me again. I want to display love in my life. I want the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be evident in my life. That when people see me, they glorify you in heaven. Come, let's find a place to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you afresh. Fill you anew in this place. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. God, we glorify your name, Lord God. We worship you, God, this evening.